Welcome to Practically Healthy by Dr. Melina. I'm your host, Dr. Melina Jampolis, and I'm a board-certified physician nutrition specialist. And I started this podcast to take the latest science and really help you figure out what you should do, can do, and eventually will do when it comes to food, fitness, and everything that's involved with helping you become the best version of yourself. My guest today on the podcast is a... Fellow like-minded practitioner who I've I've known for for quite a while, um, and he uh, has a syndicated um, talk show. I don't. We'll figure out all the intro. I'm going to let him introduce himself, but um, has an amazing podcast that I've been on uh, several times, and so I know he's a great conversationalist. But we're not going to be talking so serious initially today. Dr. David Friedman has a new book out called Funny Bones where he claims laughter is the best medicine. So Dr. Friedman, welcome so much. It's nice to uh, have the shoe on the other foot. Uh, yeah. I'm already, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be really, I love being funny. So, you know, get ready for oh, some oh, funny I love it. challenge. Oh, yeah. So welcome to Practically Healthy by Dr. Molina. Um, so I, I know I butchered your intro, but so tell us a little bit about, your background, and then we're going to get right into the funny stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, people say, what do I do for a living? I'm a full-time student. I'm always studying, so I don't really isolate myself. I have s so many diplomas. I keep the rest of them in the closet. It's just a learning process. Uh, I varied from doctor of naturopathy, chiropractic neurologist, uh, clinical nutritionist. I'm always learning, and I think that what we know today is going to be obsolete next week, and that is really known in the science world, especially when it comes to food, and that's why my initial love was diving into the deep research on that but uh you know it's fun and throughout the 30 years you know 30 32 years now i've adapted uh humor into my practice i think that humor uh patients say that you know your treatments are great but i'm paying for the great jokes the the the, the treatments are free <laughs> that's awesome i love it and they uh, my, my favorite thing though my favorite line about laughter being the best medicine is that, uh, you know, I've always believed that, but that's why half of my relatives have come down with tuberculosis. So, um, you know, you got to yeah. put things in perspective. But um, so, yeah, and I, I do, I want to come back to some of your earlier books, because I think what you do is really important in kind of getting a little bit deeper, kind of pulling back the curtain of nutrition yeah. research and, you know, we we don't agree on everything, but but I respect your approach to the science and the fact that you really try to not just go by the headlines, but to really dig deeper and not just to take things at face value, which I think in this world, and I, t I feel like I'm talking about this over and over, but where there's pseudo experts and influencers that are really dictating what we consume, no pun intended. Right. Um, I think it's critically important. So but let's jump into funny bones first. So right. um you really I mean, we know you're funny. I'm funny too. We can be funny together. But um what made you what made you write a book about it? Well, you know, it's uh, Hippocrates said, uh, food is medicine. And I said, you know what, I'll write a book on the, the best food to eat. And then I heard a, it was a, uh, a surgeon in the 13th century, Dr. Mendelby, he said, no, laughter's the best medicine. So I decided to write the ultimate LOL prescription 
funny bones. And what, what I love about that is now I'm known as the only holistic practitioner that leaves his patients in stitches. <laughs> <laughs> and as a and as a chiropractic neurologist, I have a nasty habit of talking behind my patients' backs. They'll all tell you that every time they're there, talking behind their back. But what I, I love about it, it, laughter is we laugh before we spoke. Scientists have shown us millions of years ago before communication, we laughed. So it's ingrained within us. And when a baby's born two weeks old, he giggles and laughs. He's not taught that. And you might say, well, maybe he's seeing it. No, because if a baby is born blind and deaf, he still has the ability to laugh and giggle. It's something that it's within us. So I'm kind of going into the roots of something as you have different food opinions as Joe Schmo and Doc of this and, you know, Gundry and Dr. Khan. And, but we all love to laugh. No matter what race, religion, no matter what gender we are, we love to laugh. Look at Sirius Radio. They have 13 stations on comedy. To put that in perspective, there's only five for classic rock and four for jazz. It's a big genre. So what I'm doing is just bringing laughter back. I think this stressed out world needs to laugh more, let loose. And of course, laughter is medicine. There's a lot of science we could chat about that as too. So there's science behind it as well. Yeah, I, I'm interested in the science. Uh, I'm also interested. It's funny because <laughs> I think I'm really funny. <laughs> um, but is there, I, I want to talk about laughter being the best medicine, but is there science, and especially with your background in neuroscience, is there science to being funny too? I mean, maybe we start with that since I asked it. So what the heck? Where is there science to being funny? I think it's uh, for some people, they have to get rid of all the clutter and the fog to be honey, funny. And again, you know, there's ways to do that, to bring more laughter to your life. You could put a little smiley face on your phone so you're smiling when you're talking because people hear a smile and have a coffee cup with a smile. Sometimes we got to be reminded to smile because everybody's so into the doom and gloom. We wake right up. What do they do? Check their cell phone. Look at the news, doom and gloom. Check for messages. You know, they're very rarely good messages. No, man, click to a comedy channel or look at a meme or something funny. That's the key to do that. But, you know, with, with laughter being the best medicine, everybody's looking at echinacea tea and the vitamin C this <laughs> all in winter. But you need to turn on the laugh the comedy channel or get my copy of Funny Bones because science shows it was the Journal of Rheumatology that said laughter decreases inflammation, increases infectious fighting antibodies. And there's one that I love from the International Journal of Molecular Medicine. That's pretty, that's a big profound uh, 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 medical journal. And they found that laughing increases the natural killer cell activity, which is higher in a group watching funny videos and reading funny books compared to the controls. So it can control, uh, it can actually help prevent cancer, heart disease. What do we said? Number one killer, got to exercise, got to eat right. No, you need more knock-knock jokes. According <laughs> to the Inter International Journal of Cardiology says, and I quote, there's an inverse association between a sense of humor and coronary heart disease. So that means a good chuckle could lower your chance of getting a heart attack or stroke and brain health. Oh, see, so good to be able to talk about this because I've been on these TV shows. And you got to do these little sound bites. You can't get this stuff out. As you know, you're right. TV and it's it's two minutes and you got to cut off. So this is great to share this. But uh, Brain Health, there was a journal of behavioral neuroscience that revealed before and after MRI studies showing laughter improves cognitive function and overall brain health. But my favorite was the uh, laughing burns calories. That was the uh, it was the it was the Vanderbilt University says a good chuckle can burn 40 calories. So forget counting steps, forget counting calories. Let's count laughter. That's what we need more in the day. I love it. I love it. But maybe maybe 
maybe not forget all the other stuff, but add in add, the laughter. Okay. Let's to, add, yeah. Well, and, but, and, and let's reiterate this. They say food is medicine and laughter is best medicine, but don't do them together. You might choke. <laughs> not so healthy. Good so point. You're right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You know, it's it's always important to be realistic to it and to give, uh, you know, practical advice, which is what my podcast is about. I but I, I think one of the things that made me, as you were talking, um, and I was laughing, I think laughing stimulates creativity for me uh-huh. too, or at least unleashes, maybe it suppresses, you know, the, the more serious, you know, stuff to allow your brain to be more creative. But even I think there's research that even just smiling can make you feel happier. So I mean, even is that am I right on that? Or am I just making that up? (laughs) No, no, that's such a good point. I had a patient come in the end of the day, and he always comes in the morning. I said, Why are you here so late in the day? He said, Doc, I had to know once and for all, if you're this happy and joyful, the end of the day as you are the beginning of the day. And he was shocked. I was more happy, more excited. And he said, I don't get it. Do you ever get a bad day, Dr. Friedman? And I let him know that I have stresses, I have struggles, I have bad days, just like the rest of us. The difference is I don't let them define me. The same boiling water that softens a potato hardens an egg. It's all about what you're made of, not the circumstances that determine whether you not have you have a good day or a bad day. And back to your question, ready? You can fake it till you partake in it. That's my coin phrase because the brain doesn't know the difference from a fake laugh or fake smile. It still produces the same neuropeptides that help combat stress. That creates the cascade of, of dopamine and serotonin and all the good happy hormones. So I do have bad days and I walk in very depressed. I've had heartache. I've had loss of family members. I've had tragedy. But you know what? My patients aren't coming in to feel that negative vibration. I owe it to them to be at my best, no matter how bad I'm feeling. So I fake it. And you know what happens in 10, 20, 30 minutes? I'm in a good mood. I fooled my brain. That's the key. Faking it to you taking it. That's the key. I think that's really important. And I would just... <laughs> I'm glad that at the end of the day, you're just as happy at the beginning. I mean, for me, at the end of the day, my patients may find me happier, but it's because happy hour has probably started for me. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, whatever, that's a whole different, that's a whole different conversation. And, you know, whatever, resveratrol and red wine is good for you, right? So I've got that going for me, but I love it. And I, and I love that, you know, we're laughing and joking around about it, but I think the science really is relevant. And I would think, and, and you can, you can kind of maybe uh, school me on this as well, or uh, help me understand it better. I would think too, just in terms of, of cortisol reduction. I mean, that, that, I mean, I wonder if there's any studies, if you've looked at it in your book where, cause I feel like, like you say, if you start at a state that is, um, you know, maybe you're down, you're stressed, you're challenging something, and you kind of fake it till you partake in it as you prescribe, you know, I would think that you're having reductions in, in cortisol level too as a result. Is there any research to support that or is that just kind of intuitive? No, no, there's actually some really, I just wrote a, a blog post today where I cover that and that's going to go live and uh, Newsmax did a little abbreviated version, but I went all out. So I'm going to be publishing that on cortisol levels where they've actually done saliva tests. They've actually done blood tests. And I mean, proof, not maybe it does. So to answer your question, absolutely, it decreases cortisol level. And you know, that can 
linked back to weight loss because of a high cortisol levels leads to stressful eating. It leads to belly fat. And I think that stress and I've had interviewed as you have as well. Stress is the key factor to a lot of diseases out there. We can trace stress up to diabetes and obesity and even cancer and heart disease. Stress is a key factor. So if laughing reduces cortisol, reduces stress, and increases dopamine, makes you happy, obviously it's the cure for everything. Let's just say it. There, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, I love it. No, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's really funny because it, it's just, but, but I do think, I mean, you know, there, there's, there's, like I love to laugh. I and and my mom and I we I'm gonna none of the jokes are really appropriate to share. And no, but um, <laughs> actually we had a, she had a really good one about it. I'll I'll tell what the because uh, I'm I'm in the midst of planning my son's bar mitzvah, and uh, the so one of the ones she said um, so the uh, the Goldbergs the this you know the family had had a windfall they'd sold a company made a lot of money so he decided to take his entire family to Africa on a safari for the bar mitzvah. And he's got the entire bar mitzvah party and they're walking along on the back of elephants through the, through the, whatever, not the tundra, through the, whatever it is, wherever. Uh-huh. And, and, uh, all of a sudden everything stops. The elephants stop. Each is piling up on the other. And, and Mr. Goldberg is like, you know, what's happening? Why are, why are all the elephants stopped? And they're like, uh, the Rubenstein bar mitzvah is passing us the other way. They have the right of way. So anyways, <laughs> that, that's one that I could share. Um, uh-huh. So, but so, so it's, you know, I, I, I think, but, but I mean, is this, is it realistic for everybody to, I mean, can you really prescribe laughter to everyone? Cause some people just don't laugh or aren't funny or don't have a sense of humor. So how, how do we do that? How do we personalize the prescription for laughter? I think everybody in their own way has a, a sense of humor. I've had some chemical engineers that come in and they're like real serious and and I'll throw jokes and goof and they're like, they don't smile. Second, third, fourth visit. I'm thinking, all right, is this just one I got to be serious? And all of a sudden I'll say something and he just starts cracking. Up. I said, I got him. I found out his sense of humor. So we mentioned serious radio has, you know, 13 comedy, but everybody's different. It's a different type of humor. So I think you've got to find that. Of course, in funny bones, it's funny wit and puns and wisecracks and true tales and you know and some people may like more of a dry humor but what i love about when you laugh this was a good study uh 20 seconds of a good belly laugh is equivalent to 100 sit-ups so forget going to the gym now let's just say it laugh <laughs> answer your goals okay. gym members <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna keep pulling you back from the forget to also laugh let's do it also laugh, laugh yeah. and and by yeah. the way so then if you laugh while you're at the gym imagine how many calories are going to be burning that the i mean yeah, come on they, like yeah uh, yeah they have laughing yoga which is very popular so that's actually a thing where you do yoga with groups and there's been studies and i, I mentioned that in my upcoming article on how it really helps with stress and you deal with your day-to-day drama better and it does help burn calories but what's so cool is when you laugh it's actually better than a sit-up because it's the intrinsic muscles when you shake as you know that gets your core (laughs) and when you just do sit-ups it's hitting the extra you're not getting that deep core muscles and that's why you always feel so after belly laugh you're just sore in the gut because you've really had a a a gut busting laugh and that's that's the key 
I love it. And and you made me think of something really interesting, and you can feel free to use this in promoting your book. But there's a study that came out that showed that even two to five minutes of exercise after a meal for diabetics significantly helped with blood sugar control, with returning area under the curve with blood sugar. So I think, and, and you know, maybe you're not going to walk around for two minutes after dinner, but Go like what about yeah. sitting around the dining room table like after Thanksgiving and let's do a good joke telling session to try to it. help regulate blood sugar. Like let's come on. I think this is ready for prime time. I love it. I love it. What well, we play after Thanksgiving. I forgot the name of it. I think it's called Speak Out, but it's this little plastic thing you put in your mouth. Have you seen this? <laughs> no. And and you, and you can't, it's like and you try to say a phrase and the other person has to get what gets what you're saying and it's so hilarious. It's like yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, what time is it? No, and uh, uh, is very you know, you trend. Oh, it's everybody's crying. There's you know what nobody the problem with not that, laughing. What you, the, I, I love that game, and I'm going to try to get it. Except for that, one of our closest friends is a dentist, and they definitely <laughs> oh, no. have an advantage at that game because <laughs> they true. know it's amazing <laughs> oh, to me. They'll be like, "How are you? I great. Oh, I'm so glad the kids are doing great in school. Like oh, they. So, I, you know, don't yeah. play that game with don't the play. dentist. I told okay. you I was funny. See, you're funny. come on. I love it. That's, I love that one. Um, I love yeah. that one. You're gonna, you can, you, especially if you go, that noise, it's like. Yeah, right. Yeah. Have that, yeah, they have do that in the background. They Perfect. do understand what you're saying. They must have a class. I'm going to ask my dentist friend, do you have a class on mumbling? Because you yeah. seem to get it. They they really do. It's amazing. It's not mumbling though. It's the I think there's probably a specific way that words come out when your mouth is stretched open. But whatever, that's for a different uh -huh. podcast. Um, <laughs> so all right. So what else? Tell us more about the book. Are there funny stories? What are some of the funny things in terms of? I assume it covers everything: diet, weight loss, nutrition, whatever. It doesn't matter as long as it's funny. It's covered, right? It's yeah. It's all there from children to married couple banter to people asking about weight and diet, nutrition to my. My celebrity patients, which are a lot of neat stories in there about some of my celebrity patients. And uh, I don't know if one of them, I, the, the uh, Meatloaf was one of my favorites. So Meatloaf, he was starring in a movie with Patrick Swayze called Black Dog. And one day I received a message that he wanted to come in after hours. So I told my office manager, I said, I'll be staying late for Meatloaf today. And she scratched her head. She replied, here at the clinic? And I said, yes, it'll be around 7 o'clock after we close. And she said, you being such a health nut, I didn't know you were a fan. And I told her, yes, I grew up in the 80s and Meatloaf was a big part of that decade. And she goes, what's so special about plain old Meatloaf? I responded, let me sleep on it. I'll give you an answer in the morning. She says, you can't tell me now? I said, oh, and two out of three ain't bad with a total look of just frustration she put her ha hand in the air and she said just forget i asked enjoy your dinner and she walked off <laughs> obviously she didn't know who meatloaf was <laughs> clearly yeah <laughs> young no, generation I but it was so funny it's like oh i don't think she got it that that reminds me of the kind of who's on first you know different dialogue yeah, where definitely uh -huh. a, a, a but um so so i mean you know and it, i don't you're you're was it was food sanity your first book First book was a neuroanatomy uh, oh, book that, that I wrote. That sounds like a funny oh, one. <laughs> it was. Well, here's what's interesting. So here's what's interesting. So um, it was 35 years ago. I taught neuroanatomy, wrote the textbook, and I still get doctors all these decades later coming up to me at seminars, and they say, you know, your book helped me learn this 
topic that was so difficult and I passed the boards because of you. You made neurology fun. I had funny, silly mnemonics. I had funny songs. I had jokes between the left brain and the right brain and I made it fun. So I think that that really pulled through and science shows that when we laugh and it's funny, we learn and retain better. And I hear this 30 years, they're still citing off different songs that we learned. So it was kind of funny. So that was my first book. And then of course, then the last one before this was the food sanity, how to eat in the world of fads and fiction. And then I get to look at the funny side of diets. So we have a little bit of fun and play in the diets, for example, like uh, intermittent fasting, right? It's like, oh, I'm interviewing these people and they spend a half hour, they're telling us how to extend the 18 hour, 16 hour, 18 hour, you know, window of night eating. There's nothing new about that. My parents had another name for this diet trend. They called it skipping breakfast. It's not rocket science. <laughs> right? it, it, yeah, I know. I know. I, saw, I think that's definitely true. It's it's. Uh, well, well, come on. I mean, what's your joke for vegans then and paleo? Let's hear some more of the uh, okay, diet so, specific jokes. Okay. Yeah. So so paleo. You know, of course, I spent a lot of time in the book paleo. But but if if you look at paleo, they say eat like a caveman. So. I'm looking for years for a diet book, paleo cookbook to show how to saute a saber-toothed tiger. I don't see that. But what I do see is how to cook cow, steaks, and hamburger. And I'm thinking, all right, are we supposed to believe our paleolithic hunters got spears and went out for the day to hunt lazy grazing cows? <laughs> Can you imagine that conversation? Honey, I'm home. I got us a cow. But you just left 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I know it would have been back quicker, but I still might. And here's the thing that puzzles me. So paleo says uh, you can't eat milk from a cow, but you can eat the meat from a cow. And I'm like, okay, so maybe did they figure out that the cavemen were lactose intolerance and they blew air out of their dairy airs? <laughs> oh, I love it. So yes, that's one. And then last, uh, it's, uh, vegan, you said. So now that I'm in the world of comedy, I've noticed there's no vegan comedians. Have you noticed? And I wondered why. And, I, and I, I found out instead of making fun of people on the stage, they roast vegetables on the stage. <laughs> they oh, don't roast the people. <laughs> got it. No, I got it. I, I, I got that one. I thought you were going to say because they were so miserable because they couldn't eat anything but plants that they, yeah, uh, like, oh, they're they not funny because they're, you know, yeah, so sad about having the same vegan diets every day. I tried to do a vegan diet once, by the way, because I tried to do some of this stuff. And and I lasted till about 10 a.m. I was like, I don't even know. Like, I, I mean, I'm like, oh, God, I need some protein. Like, I mean, not that you can't have protein. I thought you were going to say 10 days. Oh, God, no, 10 a.m. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what to eat. I have nothing vegan in here. I'm like, can somebody get me something vegan? You know, I mean, it was oh like. Oh, my uh, God. And, no. they, what, and what's with all the tofu? They eat soy much of it. Has it occurred to them yet that it's just soy much? It's crazy. Yeah. And, no, uh, and, yeah. and also, I mean, like, yeah, that's, I mean, that don't even get me started, though. Yeah. Yeah, because it's plants. So the Impossible Burger, it must be healthy. It has more saturated fat, more preservatives, more everything than a regular burger. But it's 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 you know not meat, so it must be healthier. I mean, there's it must be healthier. So, it's, it's, so, yeah, it's so sad I, though how how yeah. I mean we have to make jokes, but there's people that have built industries. There's millions of people that take this stuff really yeah. seriously, and that's my problem with pseudo experts, which is like why I like you know you kind of 
pulling back the curtain and, and actually looking at the data. I think that's so critically important. Yeah. I have a prediction, though, because we're due for a new fad diet, right? This keto's this year. Paleo was the year before. You know what 2023 is going to be? It's going to be a combination, and mark my words, it's going to be a combination of the keto diet and the vegan. It's going to be vegan and keto. They're going to call it veto diet. You follow this by simply rejecting any food that you love. Veto. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, you knew you do know there is the pegan diet, right? Yeah. Uh -huh. Paleo and vegan, because each of them individually is not hard enough. Let's combine them and make things even harder. I mean, even it's more like, confused. Yeah. Yes, but I love I, I love the veto diet. I, I think that's got potential. I mean, it's catchy. I can see that really, uh, you know, resonating with the public because. Uh, but 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 I, well, I I do think the other I, I I think you know the parasite diet has a lot of potential too because oh yeah we're we're really in to probiotics, right, which are health right. producing, why not consume more parasites, parasites, which can really pull all the nutrition that you could possibly need out of your system. You'll be you'll be near dead, but you'll be really, really skinny. So I, I think that's got some potential too. I'm 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 looking into commercializing that one. I, I think you know, everybody's really into probiotics so, now. So, I want to take parasites. That, yeah. That's what I'm going to be so, prescribing. So, so why don't we just do this since there's that parasite removing fad. You stick your feet in there and it pulls the parasites out. Let's just sell that as soup. <laughs> And then they'll get their then they'll get their parasites, you know. Soup Call for a your couple, feet. Yeah, and it's gonna be delivered by a tow truck. <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, <laughs> nice. Ba -ba. Ba -ba -ba. Very good. Okay. See, so anybody who's listening to this, if they're laughing half as much, how many cal I've got to start carbo loading. I'm burning so many calories just interviewing you. I need does that I, I need like, you know, some food. Where's the uh I'll have to my my hidden candy drawer that I keep in my office. Yes, I do. I have a sweet tooth, I'm not gonna lie. Um yeah. so, it's fine. so and you, have a you know, your sweet tooth, you talk about you know, as you agree, sugar seems to be what everyone agrees on is is the ultimate cause of disease no matter what side of the fence they're on and i had a patient come and she says can you read my blood work and see what's going on and i looked at her blood work and i said your sugar is way too high and she said really so if i put it on the bottom shelf in my pantry i'll be okay <laughs> Wait, I have a good one too in terms of reading. So this is when you talk about, you know, you know laughter being the best medicine and we should integrate it into the med medical curricula yeah. and that sort of thing. When when I was a resident and I was doing my general surgery rotation and the, no, I sorry, I was a medical student. So I was at the very uh -huh. bottom of the totem pole. We were rounding at the hospital with about the team of like 25 surgeons and the head surgeon, you know, the attending physician looks at me and he hands me a set of labs and he was like, you know, I wasn't a doctor yet because I hadn't graduated medical school. But he was like, you know, Melina, what do you make of this? Uh, showing me the lab shirt. And I grabbed it and I said, well, I can make a brooch or a pterodactyl. <laughs> and and uh, he had not seen the movie Airplane and, and did not find it quite as funny. And then I was put on probation for, you know, being so disrespectful in the middle of Grand Round. So I think... You do have to choose your humor selectively sometimes, and laughter True. isn't always the best approach. Um, but I think most of the time it is. So, what yeah. are some? What are, tell me some more about? I mean, uh, your talking point farts in the chiropractic office. That sounds like something that maybe uh, uh, that may 
I was going to try to say something funny about gas, but I, I, I lost my train of thought. So what, what's well, the farts in your office about? It's funny because I've been on all these TV shows and they want to avoid that chapter. They're like, they skip that. It's like, so thank kudos to you for A, being a female that wants to talk about farts. That's got to be a first. I have I, 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 love, love I have two boys, so that's pretty much my life. I mean, is like, <laughs> how who can fart the most obnoxiously and annoy mommy? So <laughs> farts are farts are a really important part of my life. So, so share with oh, us yeah. how they're important well, part of your book well you know farts happen especially when you're pushing on people's backs you know, it's gonna it's, it's gonna pop out and it's funny how some just pretend it, some will change the subject okay but there's times when you have to you have to bring it up and i've noticed a lot a lot more farts taking place in my office because it's the only gas people can afford nowadays so <laughs> That's good. Could, could could be the reason though. But uh, oh god, what's the uh, uh, one of my favorites was uh, uh, f- uh, female farted, which is you know then she's turning and she oh excuse me I go I thought you were a teacher. She said I I am I teach at UNCW. I said well that sound like it came out of a tutor. <laughs> <laughs> one guy, wow. one guy. Last one. The kids will love this one. A guy farts. He says oop that was a piglet fart. I said, a piglet fart? What's that? He says, it's always followed by poo. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. That's a good. Well, I, I will say, though, I mean, the good thing about my household is in addition to having uh, two boys, age 8 and 12, I also have three dogs. So we're all – the competition is to see who can avoid – acknowledging that they farted and everybody starts looking around whenever it happens and the dogs get thrown under the bus more often than not. So um, I think that's something that, uh, you know, maybe you should have a dog in your office just to make your patients feel more comfortable. I've started bringing my dog into my office just in case. As I get older, you know, it's just a little bit harder and and I've upped my fiber intake. So um, that's a you good know, idea, the- yeah. I have I have the dog in there just in case uh, I'm passing a little too much gas with patients. See, but- if I see a dog in my office, it's to treat him for car paw tunnel syndrome. Oh, oh good one. Okay. <laughs> So, I mean, <laughs> although I, I will tell you, I, I, I'm, I mean, you know, as somebody who has had a lot of back problems, when my back is really bad and I've herniated a disc, laughter is the last thing that I want to do because of compression on the spine. So, I mean, there's got to be times where you have to force yourself not to be funny because you're going to exacerbate somebody's back injury. Is that true? Uh not really. It's more of a compression. I think that's like saying, you know, don't go driving a motorcycle when you've herniated discs and don't go walking around the block. You got a hernia. I mean, you're going to put that in. Most people with herniated discs aren't really going to laugh. I'll get them to smile, but they're just, they're pretty much pain. I've had one. That's what brought me into, to, you know, my dad and, and his dad were MDs and I broke the train by, uh, I broke the train by uh, becoming a chiropractic neurologist because a chiropractor saved me from back surgery. So I had a herniated disc. So yeah, I don't remember wanting to laugh too much when I was going through that. So you're right. You got to pick and choose. But you know what? They stick with me about a week, week and a half. I get them to that laughter point. They're yeah. out of that acute phase. So then we got them laughing. And some of the meanest, nastiest pe- people, the patients that hate us, we hate seeing them coming because they're mean. They cut, have end up being the sweetest, most kindest patients because pain is what affected their personnel. And I tell all my new employees, I tell them the story about this one guy that we love. I said, you know, he was our least favorite patient. What? He was the, he, we love him. I go, no, when he was hurting, he was just mean and, and pain will do that. So be sympathetic when people are hurting because it may be their pain talking and not their personality. So you're right, but you can still be cordial. You can still be kind. And then once they get to that point where there's a little bit of a grin, I'm going for it. 
I'm just throwing in the laughter. Yeah, no, I love it. And I, I, I think, you know, I, I uh, la- laughter is kind of my default and, and I love being funny. I mean, I, I, I wish I could, I, I, and maybe I'll just try. I mean, you know, to do it more in my practice. I mean, do you talk to doctors too? Because I think, you know, we, we doctors are, are maybe a little afraid of, of bringing in laughter and humor and comedy into their practice because they, they're, they're afraid it's going to make them seem less rigorous academically or less competent. Have you, have you ever found that? Yeah. Well, so I worked on the, uh, the, the the uh, award nominated uh, I think it was Golden Globe uh, Patch Adams. So I worked on uh, uh, Robin Williams, and I got to learn about this incredible doctor that used humor and friendship to bond with patients and connect. And it taught me early in my career that it was okay to be a friend of a patient. And it actually has helped my career. I think what happens is you get these stoic doctors that are just these little robots, write this, write that. They don't give a crap about you. Hey, how's your kid doing? There's no bonding. There's no connection. And I think that's what we're missing. I think we're missing that bonding. And I had a uh, Scott Rouse. He's the guy that does the... um, the uh the uh is uh, like a human lie detector he does the um i forgot the name of the show but you know he reads people he has a whole course showing how medical doctors are not getting sued if they start joking and be friends with people so patients need that and he does this whole course he teaches he says you need to have humor and friendship and bonding and you don't get sued as much because they've connected with you it's like you're not going to sue your buddy I and they're not it. buddies. So it was really neat. I thought that was a neat spin on stuff. And yeah, it is. And it, it kind of brings humanity back to medicine, um, which I think is really important. And I, I do try to connect more with my patients on that level. And I think I'm going to work on uh, bringing in more laughter and even prescribing laughter. I mean, so, so I mean, as we finish up, I mean, really, what advice do you have for listeners um, about who, who, I mean, we're all, especially pandemic, post-pandemic, now we're the, the worst flu season ever. Everybody's stressed out. The economy's in the toilet. <laughs> Back to the farts. See, I, my default is, you know. But, um, <laughs> I love it. And, yeah, and you- I mean, what, what, how can we, how can listeners bring laughter back into their lives? I love how you say bring it back into their lives because it assumes that they used to have it and they lost it. And it's so true nowadays. I posted something on Facebook that came up and it was uh, four years ago you posted this. And I go, oh, that got a lot of laugh. I'll post it again. And it was this woman. You couldn't see her face. She's bent over tying her shoe and she had a barrette there. And I wrote. Does this look like a Muppet tying its shoe, tying a shoe? And it looked like a Muppet. And everybody laughed. So I posted it now. Oh my God. How dare you make fun of this lady? What if you were her grandson? How dare you? And how shame on you. And you should, I'm unfriending you. And here's what's sad. I look back, the same people that were accosting me, yelling at me were the ones laughing four years ago. They've lost their sense of humor. I screenshotted it. I said, what happened to you folks? It's a joke. That lady wouldn't even recognize the top of her head if she saw it. You couldn't see her face. She's bent forward. Why don't you loosen up? It's the same. And I'm seeing that, that we're losing. We need to get, like you said, get it back. Because we used to find humor. We used to not go up and smack comedians in the face because they were fun. We used to not say, oh, what did you just say? I had 21 pages of my book, Funny Bones, that were crossed out by the 
the editor says, you can't say that anymore. It will offend people. I'm like, it's cute, funny humor. There's a, it'll offend people. Can't say the word Oriental medicine. What do you mean? Oh, can't say Oriental. Oh, can't say that. Can't. It was like, why it was ridiculous that four years ago, my editor said they would have laughed. It would have been cute, would have been funny. And I may send you the excerpts that were excluded because you're the only mom that I know that gets dad jokes. Uh, well, no, 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 no. My husband, actually, the funny thing about my husband is he he's not funny when he tries to be funny. He will say stuff that cracks me up that with that he doesn't mean as funny. And then he's like, wait, what did I say? What did I say? <laughs> but when he tries to be funny, I'm like deadpan, no response whatsoever. But then the funny thing is he's like a child and my kids do this too, is if they get a laugh out of me once, then they keep saying it over and over. I'm like, no, it was funny the first time there is a, you know, but no, I love it. And, and yes, we, you know, the world is a tough place and, 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 and comedy and being able to laugh and being able to laugh at yourself. I mean, I think there's so much. And I love the fact that, you know, you position this, you're not just trying to be funny. You've got science. This is, you're, you're at the end of the day, you want to help people as do I. And, and I, I think nobody thinks about nobody, none of the serious doctors and researchers really think about the idea of a laugh that laughter really could be one of the best medicines, not the best, but it really is such an important part of the equation that we never think about. So thank you for writing this book, Funny Bones. I can't wait to get my copy and my the outtakes. Um, uh, <laughs> any, any closing thoughts? Where can we go? I know you have a great podcast. Where can they go to listen to your podcast, to your latest humor, to follow you, to buy the book? Tell us everything about how to, how to yeah. stalk you, cyber stalk yeah, you. That's, that's it. Yeah, to get the, the book, you can go to uh, funnybonesbook.com and you can see my theatrical trailer that we filmed at the office. It's really funny. A few other videos and some great uh, celebrity and comedian testimonials. They really embraced the book. And all proceeds of every sale go to the Laughter Saves Life Foundation. So while you're getting healthy, healing laughter, you're helping people that have a hard time smiling. So do support them. I'm really excited to be uh, giving all proceeds to them as well. And to uh, uh, for my podcast, toyourgoodhealthradio.com. And you get to see a lot of uh, great people like yourself that have been on there and share their side and well as celebrities and we talk not just about who uh they're divorcing and who they're doing but their their insides we talk about who they are their diet their worries their phobias their fears their loves it's a neat show where i get to dive in a little bit deeper than you get on conan when you see a celebrity so it's exciting there and again you can follow me on uh facebook and twitter and all that it's a dr david friedman i just launched a tiktok video I had to do it because it's got 15 minute skits and that's Dr. Funny Bones. So check those out. I'm having a lot of fun over there daily, every day, some funny little cute little videos. Okay. If we ever meet in person, we're going to do a TikTok video together and it's going to go viral. I, I just know it. I All know right. it. I love uh, it. Hey, let me let me tell you what I did on my first TikTok video. I wanted to be something different. So I ate a Tic Tac on TikTok while playing Tic Tac Toe. So Tic Tac Toe eating a Tic Tac on TikTok. Try saying that three times real fast. It's not easy. <laughs> okay, well, I, 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 I had a pretty good one. My first video, I was on the field at, um, at the Rose Bowl with my very good friend, Brandy Chastain. She was being interviewed. You know, she's a soccer player who kicked the... And we were on the field where she kicked her that 
winning shot. And I was in the background, like pretending to dance with the UCLA band. And she got me on video. And that's what, that's my first <laughs> oh, TikTok video funny. is I'm, I'm like pretending like I'm dancing in the background with the, uh, the flag chorus, whatever in the band. So we'll, we'll, we'll swap great. each other's. T- yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, anyways, Dr. Friedman, I, I, the, I, of course, I knew this was going to be funny and a pleasure, but it's even better than expected. And I can't wait to get my copy of the book. And I hope all my listeners get it as well, because definitely uh, I, I'm and, and, and get it. Even if you don't want to be funny and laugh at jokes, get it to burn calories. There you go. So we've got <laughs> multiple different reasons for people to buy your book. If, if, instead of your gym membership this month, buy the book and yes. then all the proceeds benefit a wonderful organization. Yes. So thank you again for joining us. And um, I hope to I hope to talk to you again soon. Oh, it's great. Great having you. And I look forward to having you back on my show soon, too. Sounds great. Take care. Thanks. I really hope that you found the information in this podcast helpful. I know I did. And I welcome your feedback because I'm doing this for you. So if there's topics that you want to learn about, something that you want to learn more about, if there's something that you want to explain further that I've talked about, please let me know. Comment on my Instagram page, send me an email, melina at drmelina.com, and definitely hit that subscribe button because I'm going to have great new content every single week, and I don't want you to miss an episode. That's it for now. Stay practically healthy.